Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Live It Well podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are so glad that you're here with us. Each week, we invite authors, mentors, friends of ours who have an inspiring message, who are living their life well. And so our goal is to learn and grow, and we want to invite you to do the exact same thing with us. So hope you're ready. Let's dive right in. On today's episode, we're talking with award-winning singer-songwriter and brand new author, Jamie Grace. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was fun. We got to teach Jamie about 90s reality TV shows. (laughs) (laughs) Which, who doesn't need to learn about that? I guess early 2000s would be fair. That doesn't make you sound as old. I'm not, yeah, I'm an old guy. (laughs) Jamie shares her story of achieving her dream of becoming a successful recording artist only to find more emptiness and chaos on the other side. Yeah, Jamie also shares how she followed God's prompting to leave it all behind, to pursue a quieter, more fulfilling way of life. There was a lot of healing that had to be done from a lot of damage that had been done in just those few years. And through therapy and worship and prayer and the Word of God, God just started to speak into me and just remind me, like, you are worthy of love and you are loved and you are enough. All right, y'all. Pull up a chair, listen in. This is a really great conversation. All right, Jamie, well, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, we, I tell you what, you know, we got the opportunity to have your sister on, and that was fun. And we, I mean, you know, we had just like almost 20 minutes of hanging out before the podcast. You seem like a pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome person, but we're, we're jacked. You just have a brand new project come out, just launched. Uh, literally a couple days ago and um, it is yeah finding the quiet Jenny's holding up the book so that's you can it, all that's see it. it. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> on the new book are you excited? Thank you so much yeah I'm very excited I you know it's 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 the kind of message that I feel like I have alluded to in my songs for the longest time and you know ranted about from stage when I was playing concerts before you know quarantine and all that. So, um, so it's, it's cool to finally have all of the stuff that really does go on in my head all the time, uh, on paper and, and to be able to share with the world. So it feels really, feels really nice. Good. Well, let's, let's dive in. I mean, this book was really just kind of a deep passion of yours that kind of stemmed from your personal story. So, um, if you wouldn't mind, just, just take us there, share what you want to share regarding your story and, and what kind of birthed the idea of this book. Yeah. So, um, you know, you've, I mean, obviously when you say like your better half, you mean your spouse. And so of course that's would be my spouse, but also you mentioned my big sister, Morgan. Um, she's in a, you know, non creepy way. Also my better half, um, you know, just roll with it guys. It works. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just, let's just, let's just dig deeper in that. <laughs> so what I mean is, but like, she's like my literal best friend and like role model and, like everything. She's so great. Our parents are also so great. And they just really raised us to have like, I don't think they, well, I think they did it on purpose, but it was also just kind of the way that they work. We just grew up really close. And so um, she's been such a good help for me when it comes to my anxiety and when it comes to stress that I'm experiencing just in everyday life. And, you know, she's been married for 10 or 11 years and I've been married for two years. And so she just has gone through so much in life and teaches me so much. And so I was, I went to her about three years ago because I was really battling um, with anxiety and I was really 
I, I don't want to use the word depression only because I had not been diagnosed, but I was kind of symptomatic of that, if you will. And so um, I went to her because I just didn't know what to do. We had just moved from Georgia and Texas. She was living in Texas and um, we had a whole family just moved to California, which was great. But I started to like kind of be nervous about if I was still going to have a career, if I was still going to do music or whatnot. My background is being this like teen star when I was 17, you know, I like got kind of really famous off of YouTube videos and then was on like a TV show and then a record label and all this stuff. Walked away from all of that at 24. And so now I'm like living in California with family and going through the whole wait. I'm living near LA. Am I supposed to be an actress now? You know, just going through a lot of the things that 20 somethings go through when you're trying to figure out your purpose and when you're trying to figure out what is it that God has called you to do. Um, especially in, from my personal perspective, when I thought I was positive that I knew what God had me to do. And then when he called me to walk away from a record label, I was like, well, that's a little confusing Jesus because I thought we had a plan. Um, I was also newly married, um, which was, was and is wonderful. Um, but of course, like learning to share your space with someone is a very new thing. You know, um, I was a super virgin when I got married. So like learning to like share my couch with somebody, like it was really hard. Um, and so I went to my sister and I was like, look, man, here is this journal entry that I wrote about anxiety, about stress, about growing up and about trying to be a good Christian and not be mad at God all day, every day. Can you just like read this and help me figure out what I need to do. Do I need to go back to counseling? And I had had like a bad experience with a therapist too. So I was like, do I need to try to find a new therapist? Do I need to be on medication? Do I need to be praying more? And my sister is so good at not giving me solutions per se, but like just helping direct me to where I need to go to find those solutions. Um, And so she said to me, she was like, this is not a journal entry. And um, she's like, this is chapter one. And she was like, this is a book and you need, you need to write it out like that. That is how, that's how you're going to figure this out. And um, that's something that our parents taught us when we were kids. My mom would always say, create something every day because she just knew the power of creating and the power of writing and the power of getting all that stuff out. So, you know, I have a very overactive mind if it's not obvious by the rate in which I speak and the topics that I switch to and from for just very casually. So I thought my sister was just a total, I thought she was super dumb for telling me to do that. Um, <laughs> so that's a stupid idea, but because I didn't trust her, I went with it and I'm glad I went, eventually I was glad I went with it. Yeah. Just writing it out and figuring out, okay, God, how can you speak to me through me writing down all of these words um, that are in my heart and in my head and like, and how are you going to use this? So yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I want to go back though. You talked about kind of getting thrown into a successful music career at a really young age, at a really rapid pace. Take us back there for a second to unpack a little bit more. How did that happen? Was that your plan going in? Um, And then, you know, what led you to kind of walk away from it after? Yeah. So the beginning was like everything and more, you know, um, I started making YouTube videos when I was 14 years old. 
and I mean, I still do that now. I've got like, that's literally what I still do full time. And, and I, by full time, I mean my time. I don't want to give off the impression that I'm like one of those YouTubers, like with my Maserati, just sitting in my third garage. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, but I, I love making YouTube videos. And so I started doing that when I was 14 years old. And then when I was 17 years old, I was discovered by um, a kid's television show called iShine. And they um, are with the network TBN. Um, I know you guys are Tennessee. So I, I moved to Hendersonville uh, when I was in college. And I like, I lived at TBN with all these other kid stars. Um, wow. It was the coolest thing I've ever done. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know many 17 year olds that are just like, yeah, I'm going to go live at TBN for three months and film a TV show. And it was literally like the coolest thing in the world because I was, you know, I come from this childhood of being this homeschooled preacher's kid, super weird, dorky, talks too much kind of kid. <laughs> and so being thrown on campus of a TV set with other kids and teens that also come from this homeschool, talk too much, want to be a star background. It was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Um, my mom got to come and live on set with me for most of the time. And we just, yeah, like, <laughs> I feel like we probably should have had a bedtime, but it was just like 15 kids. We stayed up all night. I probably shouldn't say that because I think child labor laws, but we stayed up all night. <laughs> just like hanging out, eating pizza. And then we'd film a TV show during the day. And then we'd like crash and do our homework. It was, we were living the dream. So, um, and then there was a, it got, the TV show got picked up and then it turned into a tour. And so we were living on a tour bus when we weren't living at our gold and mirrored TBN dorm rooms. Um, and I was also in college at the same time. And I was honestly living the dream. It was such a joy. Like I say, I say it jokingly, but at the same time, just as a person of faith and as someone that was just so grateful to get to go out and share the love of Jesus and to connect with, you know, these kids, these fans that were trying to find their identity and trying to find who they want it to be and get to be a part of shaping, um, you know, their identity and their, and their faith. It, it was just a really great experience. Um, when I was 19, the whole, you know, Jamie Grace getting discovered thing transitioned into me signing with a record label and I was there until I was 24. And um, that just skyrocketed things even more. Um, I had a couple of uh, singles on radio that did really well. Um, I ended up moving to Franklin, Tennessee for a while. And it was, it, it was cool. It was great. I, I have no, I have nothing negative to say about any song that I've ever made or um, anything that I was a part of because it, it shaped who I am today. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. But some of the experiences that I was having of just being full time in the entertainment world, it just, it wasn't great. The expectation that was now put on me was, was too much for me. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I, I struggled with mental health. Um, but because of the home environment that I had, things never got too dark. And I don't want to give the misconception that if you're struggling with mental health, like just have a happy family and you'll be okay. Um, I don't want to give that misconception, but I do want it to be very clear that that is a part of my story. Um, at 11, I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome, OCD, ADHD, and anxiety. And my tics were so out of control that I could barely walk. I could barely talk. I couldn't hold a book. Um, like that was from ages nine to 15. I stopped school for almost two years. 
it was very severe. But the home environment that I had was always giving me space to grieve and giving me space to feel compassion at the same time. And then when I was going into adulthood and on the road and touring, and now I, I'm not a minor anymore, so my mom's not traveling with me, I'm out by myself, and having all of these challenging experiences, but not having that safe environment, not mm -hmm. having that place to feel that pain, not having that place to feel grief. It was the second a tour was over, it was, okay, go write another one of those songs. And I was falling apart. I came off of medication at 15 years old because I was you know, in therapies and stuff and I was able to transition out of it. But in my early 20s, I had to go right back on medication because it was just too much. And I isolated from my family. I didn't tell them how dark things were getting. And I was, I mean, I was battling. I was just battling everything on my own. But on, on the surface, I was, you know, Jamie Grace killing it, you know, red <laughs> carpets and cowboy boots doing her thing. But behind the scenes, I was, I was falling apart and I had, I had my family. I just chose to isolate from them. So I had like virtually no support system that I could go to with these mental health complexities and you know, all the challenges I was facing, I didn't really have anywhere to go. So I just, I just started falling apart, like literally just emotionally and mentally. Um, I started self-harming. Um, I was falling apart and God very clearly just started telling me, <laughs> like he told me more than once when I was like 24, he was like, you gotta walk away. Like, this is not, that's not what I caused you to. <laughs> like the whole singing thing, like, yes. But the lack of community and purpose behind the scenes is not what I called you to. So when I was 24, I, I walked away and started living a somewhat traditional lifestyle. You know, I still make music and stuff, but, um, but yeah, everything kind of changed pretty fast. Thank you for sharing all that. You know, I think there's a common misconception um, with people who are chasing a dream, right? Mm -hmm. That once we get whatever it is we're chasing, whatever we're, we're working towards, that everything will be mm -hmm. perfect. And that's right. never the case, of course. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So it's great to hear, you know, your story of coming through all of that and, and coming to the other side of it and then being able to listen to the voice of God, pulling you away from all the noise into this quieter space. Um, would you talk a little bit more about, you know, what changed for you when you walked away from all of that and how you've pursued a more quiet life um, and kind of calmed the, all the noise that you talked about in the book? Yeah. So when I first walked away from everything, I was, I went through everything. I, I was angry at first because I was angry at things that I experienced and angry at a few people that I, you know, felt had let, let me down. And then I was afraid that I would make people look bad. I was afraid that by telling my story, I might be making other people like look like they weren't the hero in the story. Like, then I was insecure. <laughs> I was insecure about the fact that I didn't live in some like, you know, really cool Nashville house and like, you know, work with like the top producers and all that kind of thing. I, I went through all the things. One thing that I'm grateful for is, is my family and then also my chosen family. Um, I, I like to mention my brother's you know, often I have one brother-in-law, my sister's husband, but, and it's weird because I have not really mentioned the person I'm about 
to mention, but your question just made me think about it. But uh, one of my longtime producers, his name is Sean Hill. And uh, like, he literally has become such a brother that he was in our wedding. <laughs> mm. um, and he just like walked with me and then another producer named John John, both of them just walked with me through all of that. Um, and just walked with, with me through understanding that like, just because things are going to look different doesn't mean that they weren't going to exist. You know, just like because my music career might look different doesn't mean I won't have a music career. And so I'm just grateful that they, you know, still encouraged me to keep writing songs from that place of pain and um, to keep, you know, just expressing myself through music and through art. And that's definitely one thing that was helpful as far as like me getting back into like wanting to create music and stuff like that. But, but yeah, for a while it was very quiet. And at first the quiet was something that I did not want at all. It was something I wasn't interested in. I, I lived alone at the time. And so I was just in this, like, I was prepared. I wanted to be a foster mom. I still do want to be a foster mom. And so um, I was just, just too young, just shy of the age limit in Georgia if you're single. And so, but I was like ready. So I like went ahead and like bought a house and everything. <laughs> So I'm just like sitting in this like five bedroom Georgia house. I like to clarify Georgia house because some people think you're bougie if you're like oh, sitting in a five bedroom house. Like <laughs> in California, it's a different story. House. Uh -huh. Right. So I'm sitting in this lovely home, this empty house, like all day, every day. And I, I remember thinking like, should I train for a marathon? <laughs> like, trying to figure out like, what do I do? You know, I have a degree, so I was like, should I become a teacher? <laughs> like, you know, even when I moved to California for a little while, I had a really awesome offer to um, become a, a youth pastor. And I was like, I like kids. Like, that's what my degree is in. Like, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. You know, the quiet was so intimidating. The quiet was so overwhelming, but I just, I kept pressing into it. I would just try as hard as I could to like not continue to turn on TV shows late at night just to, you know, escape from the reality of the quietness of my home. I tried as much as I wanted to write songs and as much as I was still writing songs, I was like, let me not just spend all day writing. Let me spend some time just sitting in the quiet. And I did that a lot. Like I remember, oh, this is so this sounds so sad, but like before I had like a couch in my living room, it was like one of those open floor plans and I only had one bar stool because why would I need more? And I remember like eating a kale salad, just sitting at my bar stool like, just by myself, just like totally empty house. Just like, wow, this is my life. Like two years ago, I was playing to like sold out arenas and now I'm just sitting in the quiet. But I just soaked it all in. And then uh, it's crazy because I, I have a song that I wrote years ago. And the lyrics say, it's so quiet, but she hears in the silence, his arms are holding you. And as I pressed into the pain and I allowed myself to grieve in the silence, I started to hear God's voice in the silence. I started to hear him speak to me in the quiet. And it didn't happen right away. It was weeks and weeks of painful grieving silence and then god began to speak to me and he well, just that was the question i wanted to ask is yeah. you know in those moments in the quiet you know as you're waiting you know or some things you you did to kind of 
tap into the voice of God, the heart of God. And yeah, it was the still small voice that he was, that he was saying and sharing with you yeah. as you were finding healing and moving forward. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I did is I, I got a lot more comfortable with praying out loud, um, especially because I was living alone. Um, and so I would pray everything, even the angry thoughts, um, you know, just even the angry prayers of just telling God how confused I was and how upset I was. I would go and sometimes just like go to write, but I wouldn't have anything to write. So I would just play the piano or just play my guitar. And then I realized like, oh, this is worship. Like, you know, this is not just playing random melodies. This is just, this is me surrendering, you know? I learned how to rest. I'm still not good at it, but I, I started learning how, which is apparently this thing where you just like lay down and like do nothing. <laughs> I, I promise you, I suck at it. But that's the oh, first it's time. Like I, my favorite. Oh <laughs> my gosh! He's like, could but, you could you stop resting? <laughs> Get up. <laughs> oh my Just gosh! Kidding. I'm one of those like I'll be there resting. Like this is so unnecessary to mention. But a few months ago, like my husband was like, you just need to, like take the day. Like just take the day, just rest. So I did that, and then he came back, and y'all, I had planned a church in my notes app on my phone. Like, I, I, I don't have a call in to start a church. I don't have a desire to start a church. But what else am I supposed to do? I had, like, written down, like, Classroom 101, Classroom 102. I planned a church, y'all, because I don't, I don't know how to just sit there and do nothing. Um, but, yeah, so that was what I started to do. And, and God just started, God just started to speak into me and just remind me, like, you are worthy of love. And you are loved. And you are enough. And, and so there was, a, there was a lot of healing that had to be done. Um, I started therapy, which was amazing. But yeah, so there was a lot of healing that needed to be done physically, emotionally. I learned how to, I don't know how to phrase this properly, but I learned how to resist the temptation to self-harm um, mm -hmm. in the quiet. I learned how to tell my family that I had been self-harming. There was a lot of healing that had to be done from a lot of damage that had been done in just those few years. And through therapy and worship and prayer and the word of God, I mean, ultimately all that's just his grace. I made it out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. Thank you for sharing so honestly and authentically. I just appreciate that so much. I know people listening who are in a similar place appreciate that as well. I love that you mentioned that it all began with honesty for you, right? That the change came as a result of you finally coming to the place where you could be honest with God through prayer, not just pray mm -hmm. what you thought you should, but actually bearing right. your soul, which is what he wants us to do, right? Right. But change always begins with honesty, right? Mm -hmm. And you, and then you were able to reach out to your sister and be honest, mm -hmm. you know, about what you were doing. And that's what helped you change. What would you say to somebody listening who's just in that place. They're getting beat down in the quiet. They're not experiencing God's peace and love yeah. in the quiet. They're getting beat down in the quiet with more noise that's right. internal. What would you say to them? What, what advice would you give? What practical things can they do to kind of pull out of that? Right. Um, you know, I, I love just to I feel like we're like doing that thing where it's like, I love your hair. No, I love your hair. No, I love your hair. Cause I'm like, no, what you said though, what you said is so good. Um, just about honesty. I, I think to say to find some kind of way to journal that honesty, find some kind of way to be transparent about that honesty or 
to be transparent and to be honest, um, you know, it, it's going to look different for everyone. When I first like started hearing like counselors talk about like a gratitude journal, um, great idea, not, not dissing it at all, but like, I'm not necessarily a pen and paper kind of girl. Um, but I realized like, I was like, wait, you mean I can get my ukulele and that counts as a gratitude journal? Great. So, um, maybe it's a voice recorder where you need to talk out the things that you're going through, you know, acknowledge like the trauma that you're facing, acknowledge the pain that you're facing. How do you feel about it? Again, you might not want to use a pen and paper. Maybe you want to use a voice recorder. Maybe you want to sing it out. Maybe you want to talk to, to a therapist about it. Um, maybe it's a counselor, maybe it's a mentor, a church leader. Maybe it's turning on some worship music and just saying, dear Lord, I'm angry because, and just mm -hmm. telling him all the reasons why you're angry. I know that that might sound so like crazy, like to say like, oh, I can just pray about the stuff I'm angry about. But when you think about like God as a father, it's so much, it feels so freeing to be able to tell him the reasons why you're angry. You know, I think about like my 15 year old self with my dad, like, I feel like my dad would have much rather me be able to say like, hey dad, I'm mad because this guy didn't like me or these girls didn't want to hang out with me versus like me being at the dinner table, just like, I just want to be on my phone, dad. Like, and like, <laughs> yes, that's how I talked when I was 15. So, <laughs> you know, I think like the heavenly father, like he wants that honesty from us. Mm -hmm. So finding some kind of way to journal that honesty, to get that out there. They have like apps on your phone that are password protected. So like, if that's what you need to do, be as honest as you can so that you can work toward that healing. And, you know, I'm very, I've mentioned it a thousand times. I'm very pro therapy. I'm pro pastoral counseling, different strokes for different folks and different needs. Um, you can't go through it alone. Like you just can't. Yeah. As someone that is a professional at trying, mm -hmm. you cannot do this alone. And even though it might hurt a little bit and feel kind of weird, it'll be so much worth it in the end once that honesty has taken you to a place of community um, because you'll start to find your healing. Awesome. Well, what is your hope when somebody grabs this book? I know you're a couple of days into the launch uh, and it's always, I know for an author, it's kind of like, what, what is, how's it going? And maybe you've heard from some <laughs> folks already, you know? But uh, what's your hope when someone picks this book up and reads it? What, what would you like them to experience throughout and, and after? Yeah, man. I just, I really hope that people feel encouraged and they feel understood. There's, it's so cool to feel understood. The moment where you realize that someone has either been where you are or they've been to a similar place and they just get it and they know it. I hope that ultimately people, if they don't already have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that they are able to see like, wow, I feel so understood by her. I need to know why. And then I hope that they're able to dig deeper into that and understand that the only, the first time that I really felt understood was when I realized that Jesus felt forsaken on the cross. And so he understood me more than any human ever could. And so I hope that ultimately it leads people to Jesus and the, the compassion that his life just inevitably um, showers over all of us. And then I hope people laugh too. Like, I get it. I have like a long list of stuff I'm diagnosed with, super awkward, like, you know, 
black girl talking about trauma in 2020 i get it it makes people feel some type of way but like bro we can have to like some of this stuff is kind of funny not like you know general funny like everybody laugh together but like we can laugh at our own stuff mm -hmm. so i hope that people um i hope that it brings people joy as well for sure well uh i can't even imagine the ride that you took at such a young age you know you kind of did the growing up thing and in front of the whole world and so that right there has all kinds of stuff that goes along with it but you know it's just neat to see where you're at now and what god's done in your life we love to close out these episodes with three rapid fire questions are you ready for this <laughs> is that one of the rapid fire questions yes, yes. that's number oh, one. yes okay, okay. <laughs> all right well, we'll so we'll <laughs> oh. right. question number one is what what is question number one <laughs> yeah i can't even remember in my head right now Oh, book. What's yeah. a book that's yeah, changed right, right. your life? <laughs> Question number one. What's a book that's changed your life? It's a book I read when I was a kid. It's called Don't Hurt Lori. And it gave me a like a compassion for children in foster care. Oh, nice. very nice. cool. So you like never, never got that book before. Never had that answer before. <laughs> yeah. You're the first. That's great. Okay. Right. Question number two is what's a habit that's changed your life? Bruh, just like not being weirded out by burps and farts. Like you just can't, like they're natural. Everybody burps, everybody farts. Just be, just be chill about it, man. But let me just say, we've also never got that answer either. So you are- <laughs> You're two for two. You're, you're, thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> so, number three, let's see if we can do it here. What advice would you give to the younger Jamie? I feel like I gotta be like all special now. Um, I mean, like, it, you know, of course I would tell younger Jamie, like life's not gonna get easier, but if you're really smart about it, you'll develop better tools to handle it. And I would also tell her that Taco Bell is fantastic, but it's not real food. All right, that one, you definitely that one. never got that one. That's well, younger answer. younger Jamie thought that she was doing something by eating a gordita, and mm. I just want her to know, like, baby girl, go to a taco truck. Tacos yeah. don't have cheese. <laughs> oh man, you're talking about my. I never, I never knew what actual Mexican food was until I met my wife, who's from Texas. Yeah, so. I'm from San Antonio, so. I oh, you know the real stuff. Mexican food. Yeah. She does. Yeah. Where can people find you? Look you up, stock you online, buy your book, all that, <laughs> yeah. all that fun stuff. You know, I grew up on the internet. So if you type in Jamie Grace on Instagram, YouTube, all those places, Instagram is the place where you can find me uh, most regularly. And then my book, Finding Quiet, is on Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble. But if you're just itching for a signed copy, you can go to jamiegrace.com, the only place where you can get. I'm, I was about to do a whole announcement. Boom. I, nope. <laughs> sound effects. <laughs> we'll add yeah. some cool sound effects to that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'll be listening. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you. Thanks for coming here. This is awesome. This yeah, is so fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode blessed you and we'd love to hear from you. Take a minute, leave us a review on iTunes, hit us up on our website, letsliveitwell.com or come find us on social media. We love hearing how these conversations are speaking to you. Also, you can find all the info for today's episode, all the books and links mentioned in our show notes over at our website, letsliveitwell.com. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. We're going to close this show out like we always do. Remember, you only get one life. Live, Live it well. well.